bring a message entitled The Fig Tree. This is part one of a two-part message, and I'm reading from Matthew chapter 24 and verse 3. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Then in uh, Matthew 24, verse 32 and 33, Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the door. Colin Deal has written a book in which he predicts that Jesus will come back on October the 28th, 1992. Now, someone sent me a copy of that book, and I perused the book, and I want to just talk about it for a second. Edgar Wisingnot wrote a book in 1987 and 1988 called 88 Reasons Why Jesus Will Come Back in 1988. Well, there were 88 reasons why he was wrong. And then he predicted 1989, and then he changed it to 1991, then 92, and even 93. And so people are writing books and predicting Jesus to come back on a given date, as Colin Deal has predicted that he'll come on October the 28th, 1992. Well, I don't agree with the date setters. I never have, and I still don't. Date setters are causing confusion and bringing a, a loss of credibility to the preaching of the message of the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Neighbor, I have some very good advice for you about these things. Don't believe the date setters. Don't believe them. Don't become indifferent to the signs of the times, the fact that the Bible does teach, and even in these books they quote quite a few passages that are very are true and apropos to the message of the coming of the Lord. So don't become indifferent to the signs of the times just because somebody's wrong about setting dates. Thirdly, be ready to meet Jesus, for I believe that he's coming very soon. The coming of the Lord is very near. We're living in a changing world. No one would disagree with that statement. It's mind-boggling, absolutely mind-boggling. We can hardly keep up with the changes. In rapid-fire succession, governments are toppled. And the map has to be redrawn, and nations are renamed. In 1989, the Berlin Wall came tumbling down. Now East and West Germany have reunited. Communism has been overthrown in most of East and uh, Eastern Europe, and they're tasting freedom for the first time in decades. And then even in Russia, on Christmas Day, 1991, the hammer and sickle flag, the red flag of communism, was hauled down from over the Kremlin, and the red, white, and blue flag of Russia was raised to indicate the end and the breakup of the Soviet Union. And now then, World War, II, World War III did not occur. Think about that a moment. All of these changes and World War III did not happen. We would never have dreamed that those changes could have taken place without another world war, but they did take place and we did not have a world war. God is shaking the nations, friends, so that the gospel may be preached in all the world for a witness before he comes back. Another very sinister force is in the world. It's worse than communism. 
It's at work to control Europe and the Middle East. It's the spirit of the Antichrist. It's the spirit of the Antichrist. A new world order has been the goal of Mikhail Gorbachev, George Bush, and the European economic community. They've been beating the drums and sounding the message out for a new world order. The European common market nations are playing into the very hands of the new world order with a dictator who will be known as the Antichrist eventually. A major step will be achieved in 1992 when the common market nations will have a new currency and then they will also do away with borders to the extent that visas and passports will not be needed to pass from one European common market nation to another. Think of it, a common uh, currency for most of Eastern Europe. The, the EEC at that time will dominate 65% of the world's economy. Awesome, awesome power to think about them controlling the economy and the wealth, 65% of the world's wealth. Recently, the United Nations has elected a new Secretary General. Quite interesting. He is Egypt's Boutros Gale, the Prime Minister of Egypt. Now, this man is an Arab. However, he is married to an Egyptian Jew. And further, he himself is a Coptic Christian. Now, just imagine that. He relates to three religions of the world. The Muslim religion, the Jewish religion, and Christianity. Here is a man that can span the difference between individuals and nations and different cultures and religions. It's time that we examine Bible prophecy and see where we are and what time it is on God's time clock. The fig tree of Matthew chapter 24, verse 32, is also mentioned in Luke chapter 21 and verse 29. In chapter 24 of Matthew and verse 32, we read these words again. Now, Learn a parable of the fig tree, when his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. Then in Luke 21, 29, he spake to them a parable, behold the fig tree, and all the trees. Some teachers believe that the nation of Israel is the fig tree. However, Luke says all the trees, the pecan trees, the oak trees, the willow trees, any trees. And so it simply means that the parable of the fig tree is used to illustrate the change of the seasons. Just common logic, normal deduction tells you that when you see the leaves putting forth on trees that have been dead all winter, you know that the season is going to change, spring is coming, summer is near. And Jesus said, learn that lesson. And in verse 33, he applied that lesson and said, likewise, ye, when you see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors, the things prophesied as the signs of the time. Now, what kind of things was Jesus talking about? When you see these things, know that it is near even at the doors. When he said, you, you notice the changing of the leaves on the trees, you know summer is near. Likewise, learn the lesson from this parable. When you see the things mentioned in Matthew chapter 24, you'll know the coming of the Lord is near. How do I know he's talking about that? Because back in verse 3, the disciples asked Jesus a question. They said, please tell us, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? Jesus proceeded to answer that question by telling them what the signs of the times were. He concluded that by giving them the parable of the fig tree and then said, likewise, when you see all of these things I've talked about, signs of the times, 
Know that the coming of the Lord is near and the end of the world is near. The very thing they had asked the question about. In verses 6 through 8 of this chapter, he talked about wars and rumors of wars and famine and the beginning of sorrows. Then in verses 9 and 10, he talked about Israel's betrayal and persecution. Friends, I'm not sure but what the, the present Middle East Peace Conference conference might wind up to be one of the greatest betrayals of the nation of Israel in all time. I'm not sure but what even her friends will betray her. The United Nations will betray her. We'll wait and see. In verse 5, he talked about false Christ. In verse 11, he talked about false prophets will deceive many. These are the signs of the times. These are the things that he said. When you see these things, know that it's near even at the doors. Remember the parable of the fig tree? When the leaves start putting out, you know summer is near. When you see these things happen, know that the coming of the Lord and the end of the world is near, as in verse 3. Verse 12, he said, the love of many people will wax cold, another sign. Verse 14, the gospel shall be preached in all the world for a witness and then shall the end come, another sign. The gospel is being preached in unparalleled fashion today. In verse 15, he talked about the abomination of desolation. That's the desecration of the Jewish temple that will be rebuilt in the last days. Then in verse 16 through 20, he talked about the defeat of Israel, a very sad moment in the history of Israel to, yet to come. The Bible talks about them being invaded and being defeated. In verses 21 and 22, he speaks of the tribulation woes. In verses 23 through 31, he admonishes people to prepare for the second advent of Christ when Jesus will come back to the earth for the battle of Armageddon. Now then in verse 33, he says, when you see all of these things, the things which he gave to them in answer to their question, tell us, what will be the sign of your coming? Tell us, what will be the sign of the end of the world? And then he gave them these signs. Then he admonishes us to, with this truth. When you see them taking place, get ready. It's near, even at the doors. Then in verse 36, in Matthew 24, verse 36, he reminds us, no one can set a date. No one can predict the day and hour. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. No man knoweth the day nor the hour. Many people have set dates. September of 1975, September of 1988, September or October of 1989. Now then we've got a new date someone has set. Cohen Deal set the date for October 28, 1992. But all oh, friends, we've already been told in this passage in Matthew 24 and verse 44, in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. We're clearly told in verse 37, it will be like it was in the days of Noah. They did not know. They carried on business as usual. So as in the days of Noah, so shall be the coming of the Son of Man. They knew not, in verse 39, until the flood came. They knew not until the flood came. So Noah's generation continued business as usual, eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, excess, indulgence. They ignored Noah's preaching. Now in verse 40, we find that some were taken and some left. Two women were grinding at the mill, one taken and another left. Two men were in the field, one taken and another left. In Matthew chapter 25, the first 13 verses are given over to the parable of the ten virgins, which remind us that some are taken and others are left. Five went into the marriage and five were left outside. 
Neighbor, I don't know where you stand with God, but I remind you when the Lord comes back, even for the rapture of the church, some will be taken and some will be left. I don't know what the percentages will be, but it's shocking to think that it might be one next to you leave and you left behind. Neighbor, you need to get ready to meet the Lord. The parable of the fig tree is not written just to fill up some space in the book of Matthew chapter 24. It's given to remind us that when we see these signs of the times Jesus talked about and the proliferation of them, he said these things will be fulfilled in one generation. This generation shall not pass till all shall have been fulfilled. And therefore we see the earthquakes and we hear about the wars. We know we're living in the last days. The signs of the time are meshing together and we see everything converging on a point in time that the rapture is going to take place. I believe it could be today. I'm, I discount totally and completely in a date setting. But nevertheless, I believe we ought to be ready for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. Jesus could come today. I wouldn't want you to be left behind. I'm praying that you will give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Do it right now, neighbor. We love you. God bless you is my prayer.